Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Dolphins in Depth Podcast. I'm Daniel Yafusi. That is David Neal. Thanks so much for tuning in. Quick reminder before we start, make sure to subscribe to the Miami Herald YouTube page, like, share, comment, as well as subscribe to the Miami Herald. Now, we've got a lot of news to recap. Put it plain and simple. Uh, Since we last spoke, (laughs) the legal negotiating window is open, and the Miami Dolphins have been busy. As a matter of fact, they have been busy before the legal negotiating window started. Everything legal. That's how you do it in Miami. <laughs> no tampering, nothing illegal. You know, we're, we're, we're keeping it illegal over here. Uh, but the Dolphins are making some big moves. Uh, going, quote unquote, all in, you could say. Uh, you know, last Sunday, uh, coming off <laughs> my vacation, landing in Miami, looking at the crappy American Airlines Wi-Fi. David's blowing up my phone. <laughs> Dolphins trade for... All pro cornerback Jalen Ramsey. Uh, some people are calling it a heist. Uh, that's uh, all, that is their biggest move of the week so far. Uh, but in, in addition to that, they've also resigned some guys, made some other additions on offense and defense. We're going to get into all of that uh, as we wrap up the legal negotiating window on Tuesday night. As we're recording now, uh, the all these deals can become official um, at 4 p.m. on Wednesday. That's when the new league year starts. Free agency is officially open, and then we start to see these teams announce uh, their their signings. Um, but like I said, the Dolphins have been among the busiest teams so far, and we got to start with that Jalen Ramsey news. Uh, so, like I said, the Dolphins um, acquiring the All Pro cornerback from Los Angeles in exchange. For the hefty, no, nah, not hefty price, but <laughs> the hefty bag. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. But the trade compensation was a third round pick, 77th overall. Actually, the pick that they acquired from uh, the New England Patriots in the Devontae, tra- uh, Devontae Parker trade last year, they sent that pick to Los Angeles, as well as Hunter Long, the 2021 third round pick who uh, didn't really play much at all, just ended his Miami tenure with one career catch, um, oft injured. Um, So by all accounts, a heist for Miami. Now they did uh, readjust Jalen Ramsey's contract, um, fully guaranteeing uh, the 2023 and 2024 base salaries. They added some signing bonus, kind of, you know, sweet in the pot and whatnot. But that's, that's kind of immature. You know, it did free up some cap space, but that's, Immaterial. The, the big thing is the Dolphins getting, uh, you know, an elite top tier cornerback 
to, you know, pair with Xavier Howard. We know that Byron Jones is going to be released on Wednesday. Um, he's going to be, you know, no longer in the team's plans. So they swap out Byron Jones seemingly with Jalen Ramsey. You got a new nice cornerback tandem for Vic Bangio, and the Dolphins are off and running. Uh, now, this was a move that surprised me because if you listened last week and a couple weeks before, uh, we discussed the potential of the Miami Dolphins acquiring Jalen Ramsey. And I was on the record. I'll take the L on that one. I was on the record saying uh, they shouldn't do it. And I was pretty certain that it wasn't going to happen. Now I will say now this is where I defend myself. Um, I, I wasn't thinking that they were going to get Jalen Ramsey for, you know, a bag of peanuts and a deck of cards. <laughs> exactly. I, that's, not, that's not what I thought, but you know, it, it's interesting seeing how business goes in the NFL where like sometimes, you know, on paper, what a player's value is. Maybe you don't, maybe you get, you know, for pennies on a dollar or whatever, you trade them for pennies on a dollar because, you know, the Rams were are clearly in a kind of rebuilding mode. You know, they trade Jalen Ramsey. They get rid of uh, Leonard Floyd. I believe that there's another player that they may have parted ways with. I might be blanking, but they're in, they're in, they're kind of where the Dolphins were a couple of years back where they're like, all right, we need to get some cap space. We need, oh, they also got rid of Bobby Wagner. So, the Rams are kind of where the Dolphins were a couple years back, where I want to say not tanking it for so, but they're they're trying to they're trying to you know restock the draft capital, the cap space, you know. Except they do, they're doing it having like been in two Super Bowls exactly and won one, whereas the Dolphins have you know made the playoffs twice in the last twenty some years. Exactly. So yeah, that that is that is a very clear distinction, but you know nonetheless. Uh, the Rams in a position where they're trying to offload contracts. Um, maybe the the offering, you know, price or you know the trade compensation for Jalen Ramsey wasn't, you know, as high as it normally would have been, given the fact that teams trading for Ramsey. Um, we're gonna have to, you know, sweeten the pot with restructuring his contract, making sure that he was definitely gonna get some money um in the next couple of years. The Dolphins uh were definitely and obviously willing to do that. They did that. And now you add another premier player to what is what we will all say is a talented defense, but a defense that underperformed. So, um, it, I mean, yeah, that 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 move surprised me. Um, I, I think that, I mean, hey, when you talk about being all in. That's what it looks like the Dolphins are. Um, I think that obviously there's still a couple other moves to be made. They did get David Long Jr., who looks like he's going to be uh, like a middle linebacker for them, uh, maybe next to Jerome Baker in that defense. They still maybe need to add a safety, add some depth in other spots. But on paper, I mean, the defense looks legit. And if you get got a guy like Vic Banjo, who's calling calling the shots, Jalen Ramsey has played in a similar defense, so it's not like there's going to be any learning curve or much of a learning curve. Um, hey, that, that that's a legit move right there. That's a legit move uh, for the for the Dolphins. What, what was your reaction? Uh, yeah, it's it was it was a shock they were able to get treasure for trash. Um, you know, I I got action figures over here that are worth more than what the Dolphins sent over there. Like that Professor Zoom action figure, shoot. <laughs> um, you know, that was it was a you know the 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 only question was once you know obviously if the Rams are going to accept that, uh, the only question is how do you move the money around and um and Jalen Ramsey clearly. You know, like two seconds, actually it was two minutes after Ian Rappaport, you know, breaks his news. Hey, this looks look like this is happening. He tweets that uh, 
you know, video. So I think it's a little like, yachty, a little yachty. Uh, right, he, comes he, out there and he's like, yeah, he's, like, he's, like, he's like, you're like, oh, I guess <laughs> this is getting done. Yeah, yeah. Right. So you, you, there's not obviously, uh, you know, he was willing to, you know, for the money to be restructured and, and, it you seemed know, like he really you, wanted to come here as well. I mean, he said, right, right. I prayed for this. I mean, I think that speaks a lot because right. we've seen that in the past couple of years. With Tyree Kill, it was the Jets or the Dolphins. Now, obviously, there's the allure, allure of South Florida. Everyone wants to be in Miami. But, I mean, hey, these guys still want to win, too. They want they want to they want right. to enjoy where they're yeah. living, but they also want to win there. So, for him to say, I was really pushing my agent to make this happen, that says a lot about where the Dolphins are and the perception of the Dolphins around the league. Right. And, and I mean, it's, it's obvious. He thinks he, you know, he's, he thinks what everybody else thinks. It's like, okay, now we got, you know, now I, he's thinking, okay, there's a guy on the other side who's pretty darn good too. You know, he, of course he doesn't think that Xavier Tower is better than him, but he thinks he's, he's pretty good too. So, oh, wow. You know, this is, you know, I, this is great. I'm and I'm going to get some action and I'm, and, and you know he's going to get the balls thrown his way, yep. and um, you know he's going to have a chance to make plays, make big plays, make game changing plays. Uh, and yeah, he's this play. You know this play isn't perfect for him, and so yeah, this is as things are hit. The all the moves you know on the defense look really you know again. The pieces look good, and they should fit together. Let's see if they do. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Long has a uh, long history of being Mr. Short when it comes to availability. That's true. Yep. That's and that's missed five games in twenty this past season, and his miss has been nicked up. I mean, even his coach was like, "Hey, these soft tissue injuries, you know, I don't know where they're coming from. We got to do something." So, right. I mean, maybe that's why they maybe that's what the reason why they got him for two years, eleven million dollars, because a lot of people were saying he was one of the better uh, linebackers and what was a deep class. So maybe that's you know right, but yeah. but obviously you know it, you know the Dolphins are hoping they got the bargain. Yeah, and if if he's healthy, they get a bargain. If he's not healthy, well, they didn't. Yeah, and you know nobody's a bargain if they're not healthy. Yes, for sure. And uh, so, I mean, that was a that's a pretty good move. That's a pretty good move. He and you know when you're in the Dolphins' position, also with the cap, you know, yeah, you can move money around a lot, a lot, but you you need to get a bargain. And not for sure, they got one. They got one there. I like that. Uh, I like that move. And yeah, so it all looks good. Um, for the you know, as then this defense again, it's a should. They should really be be really good. They should be a top tier defense that can play complementary football with that offense. Yep. Um, which didn't obviously didn't always happen last year. Uh now let's see if it happens. I mean, it's it's hard when you when you followed this franchise, you know, for you know a while. It, it, you know, even as things look like they're coming together, they are actually coming apart when you don't don't realize it until later, um, or something always seems to be in the process of bringing them apart. But no, this is Dolphin fans should be very happy. Uh, you know, I've. 
Hey, I'm going to say you can't have too many good corners. Now you got two very good to great corners. Yep. So that in this current NFL puts you very ahead of the game and gives you a lot of things you can do options defensively for what you can do strategically. Um, whether you, you know, whether you like to blitz, whether you don't like to blitz, what, you know, whatever thing you like to style defense, you like to play, uh, you're in good, you're in good stead. Um, yeah. So yeah, this is, um, I was going to say that that's, that's a good point about the, that last point that you can do a lot of different things because over their careers, you know, uh, Xavier Howard and Jalen Ramsey have been like kind of like very physical press corner type guys. But this is a defense where they're going to be playing more zone and whatnot. Um, but like you said, there might be some situations where you do want to blitz. Vic Vandrew said, hey, I'm going to blitz when I want. I'm not going to blitz when I don't want to. Um, so, you know, you have the option of doing a lot of different things because you have players with those types of skill sets. So, I um, mean, you know, they're really, really trying to shape out this defense and make sure that they don't, uh, you know, have a repeat of what happened last season when they underperformed. Now, now, the moves weren't limited to the defensive side, though. Uh, you know, on Tuesday, as a matter of fact, the Dolphins uh, retained their top two leading rushers from uh, the 2022 season, reaching uh, agreements on two-year deals with Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson. Um, this was a move that uh, a, lot of, a lot of people expected. Chris Greer said at the Combine that, hey, there's a very good chance we could run it back with our backfield, and the Dolphins seem like they're doing that. They not only brought back Mostert and Wilson, but they signed uh, Savon Ahmed to a one-year deal. He was a restricted free agent, but he's back in Miami. Um, but I think maybe the probably the biggest move so far is actually the Dolphins signing a backup, that backup uh, being former Jets quarterback Mike, Mike White, a, uh, uh, a local kid. Uh, South Florida native, Pembroke Pines native, went to Davie University School, started uh, um, a couple of years at South Florida before transferring to Western Kentucky. Um, Mike McDaniel said the Dolphins were going to be in search of a backup to compete with Skylar Thompson. Um, Mike White um, spent the past few seasons, uh, or he started about eight games the past two seasons with the Jets. Had some really bright moments, but some you know, low moments at all. Was it because of him? Was it because of the dysfunction of the Jets? Uh, a lot of people are are discussing that. It's a two-year deal, but more or less, it's essentially a one-year, $4.5 million deal. I'm interested to see whether Mike McDaniel, like, deems this an actual competition with Skylar Thompson, because he did speak very highly of uh, the seventh-round pick from last year. Um, but, you know, the way I feel about this move is, you know, I don't know if, I'll say this: there were a lot of different backup quarterbacks available that the Dolphins could have, uh, I guess, targeted and maybe uh, shelled out a little bit more money for. I know Andy Dalton, Taylor Heineke, I believe Mark Smart, Mario, like all those guys have uh, are on the market. And I believe Andy Dalton and Taylor Heineke have signed with teams uh, so far. Um, but I'm kind of of the of the mindset of like, I know a lot of people are saying like, why do we sign this guy? Because the, the numbers on paper aren't that great. Again, eight games, seven starts, um, one in three record in his four starts last season. He completed 58.9% of his passes for 1,192 yards, three touchdowns, four interceptions, 75.7 quarterback rating. I think that um, above among the AFC quarterbacks with the lowest passer ratings, it was like Skylar Thompson. Flacco, Joe Flacco, Zach Wilson, and Mike White. So it's not great on paper, but you know you have a situation where you have a guy who knows the system because the Jets and the Dolphins run a very similar Shanahan style offense. You have a guy who wanted to be here. Um, he doesn't cost a ton, so you're able to kind of you know allocate resources to other places. Um, but I'm kind of in the mindset of like, was there anybody else that the Dolphins could have targeted to be a backup that like 
really would change their fortunes if Tua was to get hurt. Now, I know a lot of people were linking them to Jimmy Garoppolo before the fridge started. He signed a big deal with uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. He's getting about $20 million per year. Dolphins were not going to give $20 million out to a backup. Um, Baker Mayfield was another name that uh, has been linked, um, and it seems like he's going to be uh, you know, uh, pursued for a starting job. So, I mean, again, Gardner Minshew, Taylor Heineke, like, I, I don't think there's anybody who, I mean, I'll put it this way. If the Dolphins are starting or not starting to a Tungvaloa in significant games in 2022, um, or 2023, I should say, they're probably screwed regardless. Unless Tom Brady comes out, out of nowhere. And I'm not throwing that out there. I'm just saying. Unless they just like, get him out of retirement. <laughs> Dude, don't talk that, man. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying it's going to happen. Okay. I'm no, saying. no. You, you're the one that's going to have to write that story. You're the one that's going to write the story. You're going to have to take the emails. You're the one that's going to have to pay for that. Right? I'll take it. And I'll take you're it. You're going to pay for I'll that. I am not in this. I I'll have dumped my time on that. <laughs> and I'll take it. I'm just saying. Oh, man. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm just saying. Out your mind. I'm just saying. I'm mentioning that name. I'm just saying if Tua gets hurt. My point is if Tua gets hurt and somebody not named Tua Tungvaluwa is starting significant important games for the Dolphins in 2023, Dolphins are not going to get to where they want to be. So again, um, when you're a back, when you're a backup, you're just looking. When you look at a backup quarterback, you're looking at somebody who you just want to keep you afloat, potentially allow you to steal a game or two. And again, while the record wasn't that great for Mike White, if you really look at his body of work, he was injured a bit, kind of played through injury. He put the Jets in positions to be competitive and be in games. And I'll say this, um, can he be better than Teddy Bridgewater was this past season? Can he be better than Skylar Thompson was this past season? Um, When you look at the talent that the Dolphins are going to have around him, when you look at the defense that's going to be backing him, if he were to have to play, I think she can. I mean, it's a pretty low bar. I mean, honestly, when you look at the backup quarterback play that they got from Teddy Bridgewater and Skylar Thompson, it's a pretty low bar to clear it. And they were still in a lot of those games. So again, um, he comes with his warts, but I mean, he's a backup. I don't, I don't know why we're looking like people are like, oh, he stinks. He's this, he's that. And I'm like, he's a backup. You're not going to, I mean, how much value are you going to get from a backup. I mean, there's not a lot of backups around the league where you can throw them into the starting spot and a team is very, very, like, is confident um, that, you know, they're going to be fine or they're going to keep the boat afloat. Um, Because they have targeted another guy, yes, but I I just don't, I don't think it's that big of a deal that they got Mike White of all the backups available. Uh, Okay, you know, I mean, yeah, you know, the world's not full of Earl Morals and Don Schrocks um, or... uh, or even Nick Foles or Nick Foles or, 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 or um, but you know, and I'm not a big guy on quarter quarterback records because so much goes into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, like it's a team game for Pete's sake. You know, it it's a team game, folks. It, it's it, you know, cor- you know, pitcher records in baseball are over are overrated. So you know, how the hell could you we sitting here to talk about quarterback records when you know unless you're uh, Sammy Ball was the last one we could do that with because the man played offense, defense, and he punted. That's it. Um. So, but uh, I'm not crazy about the Mike White thing. Um, who would you? I'll say this: Who would you have liked the Dolphins to get? It, if ta- it, honestly, if Taylor Heineke was an option, now maybe he wasn't. Yeah, maybe, maybe I mean maybe he, maybe he, he would co- would have cost cost too much. 
because he had some really good performances for Washington. You're right. I mean, and, he 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 had them in a playoff game. He played well in a playoff and, game a couple of years back. You're yeah, right. I mean, Mike White, you know, Mike White versus Taylor Heineke. At you know, okay, so real that's, quick. that's that's what that's Taylor, a that's Taylor Heineke quick. wins that. Heineke signed so, a two year deal worth up to twenty million dollars. Obviously, okay. obviously, a lot of that might be incentive laden. Yeah, yeah, but, but he, the Dolphin, he okay, but the he Dolphins wasn't getting got, that money. But the Dolphins got Mike White for two years for up to 16 mil, and it's really two years worth eight million dollars. So okay, okay, he's okay, right? I don't think the Dolphins were going to give out that money, right? He he, okay, he was he's not going to be on the mark. He's not he's going to be too much for the Dolphins. But uh, and again, did I mean who knows? Did they did they pursue him, and could they have gotten him for less? Being as how you know the Dolphins look like a pretty good team, you know, uh, you know, look like you might you might be able to get yourself a little conference championship ring, or you know. But again, but there. again, you have a guy in Mike White who they've seen the past two years or so because he's been in the division. He knows the offense, so there's not going to be like, oh, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta study the whole playbook during OTAs and training camp. He goes right in there. He knows everything. He just has to kind of switch the terminology. Um, again, it's a very low bar that he has to clear from last year's backup play, and in a system with better talent, better coaching, better teammates, I think that he'll. He, I don't think if he has to start four games. For the Dolphins, I don't think it'll be one in three with completing less than 60% of his passes. I think he'll be a little bit better throwing a Tyree Kill and throwing a Jalen Wallow, handing the ball off to Raheem Mostert and whatnot as compared to the situation he had in New York. Could they have targeted somebody else? Yeah, but I don't I don't think that I, I don't, I don't see, think I, it's I, gonna I, make or break, also, you know, the also, I don't think the Jets have aspirations. I don't think the Jets were that were I mean the Jets were bad offensively. Yeah. I don't think it's necessarily the fault of I mean, yeah, they're running right. backs before they got injured. You're right. You're right. Because they do have some. They do have some talent team. there. Right. They do have some talent there. So, but, but the Dolphins um, are obviously a better situation for. Right. The Dolphins are a better situation than the Jets. Yeah. Um. Again, not crazy about it. So I'm, we're basically in the okay. The Dolphins are basically saying, you know, we can expect to or to fill like 16 games of 17 games at least. Um. So and that's the hope. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they they hope they're hoping, um, you know. And if he doesn't, well, you know, maybe the deep, maybe the deep, maybe that defense can win him a few games. You know, yeah. you you, be, you beefed up your defense, so maybe they can, you know, get you a few games, return an interception. You know, yeah. Hey, I mean, fumbles, get you some short fields, and you know, all that's all that good stuff, and you know, you can survive on that until you know. Tua returns from his annual injury. So, yeah, I mean, in a perfect world, Tua is healthy, playing all 17 games. The Dolphins would hope that's the case. <laughs> I mean, for goodness sake, he's learning jujitsu and whatnot during the offseason. So he can learn how to fall, so he can prevent these injuries. But in a perfect world, uh, it, you know, is, he would play these games. But, it, you know, is, yeah. Is that the alternate earth? Where like the Dolphins beat the Patriots in the AFC Championship game that year, and then beat the '85 Bears in the Super Bowl in the rematch, yeah, <laughs> and Dan Marino has a ring. I don't know what that is, but like I said, <laughs> I, mean, that, I mean that you might as well be talking about that. See, look at the tours, look at two, look at the history, and you know, talking about him playing, you know, 17 games. That's yeah, we haven't seen it. We haven't seen it yet. But again, that's, that's what the Dolphins. We, hope we haven't. We I'm not saying. I'm not saying it is going to happen. Twelve. 
Did he play 12 in Alabama? He put- uh, I'm not. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure about that. I, mean, I, think, I think maybe his sophomore year. Okay, you know, his sophomore year. But. We're getting a little bit in the Sam Bowie area here, where it's like, dude, he didn't play a full college season. How the heck you expect him to play a full pro season? Yeah, well, um, we, have, we haven't seen it yet. But if anything, for the Dolphins and Mike White, this is a you know a happy homecoming. He posted a cool uh, photo on his Instagram story of him kind of tail. He must have been like. Four years old or five years old, he was out tailgating with a dolphin shirt on. So I know he's excited to. So he's growing up with pain. <laughs> hey, maybe maybe he comes charged, you know, to, to play for his team, playing for his hometown team. Who knows? He was perfect for the Jets. He's grow, he's grown up with that pain. <laughs> yeah, but regardless, you know, it's, uh, Dolphins got a potential backup quarterback again. We'll see what happens with uh, him and Skylar Thompson. As a uh, free agency really opens up Wednesday afternoon, and the Dolphins keep on trying to add to their roster. All right, we're going to take a short break, but when we come back on the side of things, uh, we're going to discuss what's next for the Dolphins. I mean, they've already made a couple signings, brought back a couple guys. Uh, who should they target? What position should they target next? And just overall, what is the outlook for the Dolphins um, after some big signings? Uh, we're going to take a short break, but stay locked with us, and we'll be back soon. What's going on, everybody? Still here on the Dolphins of that podcast, talking all things Dolphins with David Neal. And on the first half, we discussed some of the Dolphins' bigger moves of the first couple of days of the legal negotiating window as we transition to the start of the new league year, the start of free agency where these deals become official. Uh, we talked about the Dolphins' trade for Jalen Ramsey, uh, agreeing to terms with uh, Tennessee Titans linebacker David Long, as well as Signing Michael White, the former Jets quarterback, who looks like he's going to be Tua Tungabai's backup in 2023. Dolphins aren't done with their moves. I mean, they still got a good bit of money to keep on adding to the roster. They've already added quarterback, uh, brought back a trio of running backs, added a cornerback, middle linebacker, but they still got some needs. I mean, they traded away Hunter Long. Mike Gusecki's not expected to return, so they still got some needs at tight end, offensive line, maybe a safety. We talked about that. Um, I think one of the one of the maybe glaring lack of moves so far is offensive line. I know you specifically said the Dolphins need to get a right tackle to protect Tua so we can play 17 games, but to date they have not done so. Um Couple offensive tackles, specifically right tackles, are off the board. And we got some, they've got some big money, some some 15, 20 million dollar deals. Um, I don't know if the Dolphins are going to be in on that, but it will be interesting to see if they target an offensive tackle because uh Chris Greer has spoken highly of Austin Jackson, who only played in two games last year because of injuries. Um, their former first round pick hasn't developed like uh you know the team would have hoped. Um, but Greer is optimistic that, you know, he will develop as they, you know, expect, expected as well as Liam Eikenberg, maybe they target an offensive uh, guard to compete with him. Um, it's interesting. Again, they, they've, they've seemingly attacked some of their biggest needs um, very aggressively in the opening days of, I guess, this starter free agency, whatever you want to call it. Um, again, with getting a cornerback, I mean, we talked about how that was probably going to be a significant need. They got one of their best cornerbacks. I mean, probably the best cornerback available in terms of trades and free agency. Um, they get a serviceable to potentially very good linebacker, although often injured in David Long. Now you have a spot where you know you have the money to again address multiple positions and get legitimate starters. Um, 
I'm curious, like, where do they go? I mean, do they do they target a safety? I know Jordan Poyer from the Bills was a guy who has been linked to them. I mean, he's pretty much like pretty much said, Hey, I what am I going coming to Miami? Um, do they maybe get him and really just like round out that defense, or do you think maybe it's time for them to really focus on the offense? Because so far it seemed like they're really hell bent on keeping that continuity with the offense. And then on defense is where they're making the changes. It's kind of like the opposite of last season, last offseason. Uh, if you're the Dolphins, where do you go next? Uh, um, if I can't get the right tackle situation handled in free agency and or get handled soon, you know, maybe you do go for the, you know, go back, go back to the defense, you know, short the safety spot. Like Make a good defense. Make make a good, a potentially very good defense into a potentially great defense. Maybe you want to do that. Um, I don't think there's a downside to uh, downside to that. Uh, yes, it's an offensive league these days. You're gonna have to put up points, but you gotta. That's some quarterbacks you gotta stop too. But, but stop yeah, you, too. yeah, you you exactly. And that, the the funny thing is. Whatever it's funny that, that that whenever you have the flip side, you, you know, if it's a deep like you get into a shootout, it's actually going to be the first defense that makes the play that decides it. You know, if you get into one of these grind games, you know, 10-7 or whatever, it's whatever offense makes the big play that decides the game. So, you know, you have a league now where you know teams are Teams are deferring because they're so confident that they can score at the end of the half and then score at the start of the second half and, you know, get, you know, flip the scoreboard on you. And so in that situation where, you know, the way the game is played, the way the game is officiated, everything, you know, maybe it's not a bad deal. Maybe it's not a bad move to try to make a create a great defense a top end defense and because heaven knows that's still that often still gets you through usually if two is healthy it gets you if, I mean, if, if two is healthy it gets you through yeah, yeah and you know we've just had we've had one of the rare super bowls i think maybe the first one where like the number one offense plays the number one defense and the number one offense wins the game yeah you know but it, it, it and we're talking now we're not talking like you know Back in the 70s, we're talking recently, you know, so relatively recently, Seattle, Denver, um, you know, uh, okay, Oakland, Tampa Bay's a little bit a little bit ago, but Seattle, Denver wasn't that long ago, and we saw what happened there, you know, um, that usually the defense wins that battle. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I still would say you you look for that, look for the offensive line first. And if you don't think you can do it with and do it at a, you know, at a value, be a value shopper, always be a value shopper. Yeah. Um, It doesn't mean you be, doesn't mean you're cheap, but you always look for value. Even if you're dropping a lot of money, you got to look for value. Correct. Um, But if you can't find value on the offensive line, then I'll say, okay, you know, shift gears. Let's let's get that defense going. Get that defense going. And, you know, so you don't 
so Josh Allen's not putting up 30, 40 points on you. And and you have more more games like the first one that they played against the Bills. Yeah. You know, it, number of points, not necessarily number of plays, because trust me, they they run that many plays on you. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna you be know, nine game. times out of ten, they're gonna be putting up some points. Yeah. But you know, you have more games like that. Um and like I say, that can get you through if you know if or when Tua gets injured, you know, pulls his, you know, turns a giblet or something, I don't know, and he's out for like two games, you know. Um, so, and maybe a playoff game. So, yeah, I think that's what you do. Yeah, I so I have an opinion on what I think the Dolphins should do and I think they will do just based off comments, prior actions and whatnot. Um, I, I think that right now, if I had to rank the remaining needs, I would say offensive tackle, right tackle, specifically safety, tight end. Um, now, Darren Smythe is going to return. They really don't have any depth at tight end, but this is an offense that is like predicated on getting the ball to Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle, which is why I'll say um, I know there were some kind of rumors and the sourcing that said that the Dolphins were kind of peaking and looking around on, you know, Dalvin Cook and potentially Derrick Henry and whatnot. Um, while those would have been like crazy moves to like already add to a, what has been a potent offense, I think it would kind of be like a misallocation or a poor allocation of resources because this defense, like, like I remember saying it so many times during the year and I'm like, any Dolphins play that is not a target to Tyree Kill or Jalen Waddle feels like a wasted play. <laughs> so it's like, it's like, yeah, like, would Derrick Henry or Dalvin Cook be ridiculous in this offense? Of course, but it's almost like, are you really getting the, like you talk about the value, like are you really getting the value and the money that you have to give up um, for, you know, their role in this offense? But, but, you know, going back to my original point, you know, I'd say in terms of need, it's offensive tackle. Um, because I, I think that when Armstead was in that lineup, I mean, I think that they have three legitimate starters and Teron Armstead, Connor Williams and Robert Hunter, right guard. Um and I think that for the most part, when Toronto Armstead was in there, it was a pretty good offensive line. I'm not going to say it was great. They did have their ups and downs, but I think it was it was serviceable. I'll say that. Serviceable to good. Um, Obviously, right tackle was kind of a revolving door with a lot of the injuries that they had there. But again, with those injuries and whatnot, they were still, like when Tua was in the lineup, one of the, if not the most efficient offense in the league. So I'll say, I'll, I'll still say offensive tackle there just to kind of shore that position and make sure that like two like you said two is really health healthy and you know secure in the pocket number two i'll say safety because i i think that especially with like you said with getting jalen ramsey you have so much versatility you have so many things that you can do with you know that skill set of that duo of jalen ramsey and xavier howard um while i think that getting a safety is important I think that they can make it do with what they have right now or target guys in the in the draft to kind of add to that depth. I think that whether obviously I think that a big question is what 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 happens or how is Brandon Jones after tearing his ACL coming back. Um, they have uh, Trill Williams who might or may not be making a little pivot to safety or might get some snaps at safety when he comes back from his ACL. Um, so you have guys coming off injuries, but between them, between Verone McKinley, who who you know made some plays as an undrafted rookie last year, I think that you have guys where like I don't want to say you just kind of plug them in and you know, and you know you'll be fine. But I, I mean, but but I, I guess I am saying that I think that with the trio 
the the trio of guys you have in the secondary between Ramsey, um, uh, Xavier Howard, and Javon Holland. I mean, you, you do have some guys where you can kind of mix and match that second safety spot, and it's not like I don't think it's going to be like a glaring weakness. I don't think it's going to be much of a weakness at all. Um, after that, I think it's you're really looking at just kind of filling out the depth. You know, at tight end, do you like is is tight end? How much of a tight of tight end position is a priority? Um, because we saw how um, Mike Kiseki's inability to block kind of impacted his snaps. Durham Smythe really kind of being that inline guy, but not a guy that got a lot of targets. Um, I, I think that they could get a serviceable tight end at a good value to kind of plug in there and to kind of fill both of those roles as a guy who can block and is proficient in, in the passing game. But again, with the offense that you're running, like how important is that, you know, that tight end position in terms of passing? Maybe you need somebody to be a legitimate blocker to kind of help with some of the run stuff that right. you're doing. But it's like, do you really need to go out and like, do you need to target a Dalton Schultz from the Cowboys? Well, that'd be a great move because he's probably the best tight end available in terms of blocking and catching, but it's like for the money that it's going to be worth, do you really need that? So again, I'd like to see them get, you know, an offensive tackle. If they can get a guy who they think is a clear cut starter, I think that'd be great. However, judging off Chris Greer's comments, some of Mike McDaniel's comments, I'm not sure if they're going to do that. Um, They really feel strongly that, you know, they can get Austin Jackson to play to his first round potential they feel that uh, Liam Eikenberg was playing really good ball before he got hurt last in the middle of last year. Um, so those comments don't lead me to believe that, you know, they're going to get bona fide starters to, you know, overtake Austin Jackson or Liam Eikenberg. You might have a situation where they resign Brandon Shell, They resign, uh, you know, Kendall Lamb or Eric Fisher, one of those veteran guys that, uh, you know, was kind of a, a depth piece, but could step in um, and start. You, you might see that. And I think that we could see, you know, them continue to attack the defensive side of the ball and add guys. Because the thing about the offense is that for the most part, it's in place. Like last offseason, they made a ton of signings on offense to get the guys that fit Mike McDaniel's offense. So this year, they need to get the guys to fit Vic Bangio's defense so they can, like, really get this thing going. Because they have the they have the talent there, but there's, they need to make a couple of tweaks and get Vic Bangio guys. Um, so while I think that they should target a starting right tackle, I'm not sure if they will just based off what they view is their priority. I could be wrong, but just the way that they've, you know, they've spoken about it, the way that they've kind of operated these first, first couple of days, it leads me to believe they really might not bring in like legitimate competition or a legit starter, um, at that spot. They might, that on the offensive line, they might look to the defensive side, um, and whether right or wrong, you know, I think that that's where the priority priorities lie right now. Well, I mean, it, like I said, it's 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 not necessarily the the worst move. Um, and if you if you don't see what you want in the if you don't see what you want, don't buy. It, it's you know it, it's a the principles of good shopping don't change. Um, whether you're talking, you know, players, uh, you know, free agents, you know cars or groceries if you don't buy something you don't want just because it's on sale you know uh you always look for value and don't overpay for something you know just because you think you know you desperately need it um if you need it there's probably another way to get it done at a better price um 
So, yeah, I think the Dolphins should take that approach. And uh, if you don't see what you want on the offensive line, if you don't see somebody you like at right tackle, okay, go with Austin Jackson. I mean, I I got to believe that there's other options. Um, but I could be wrong. And then, of course, you know, maybe there are better options, but there just aren't better options in their eyes. Yeah. So, you know. Beauty's in the eye of the beholder, they say. Yeah. What uh, might be a fit for the fans or for us might not be a fit for Chris. For for them. Especially when we're talking money. Especially when we're talking money. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, uh, and they might be, they might actually be right. (laughs) I can see that. Uh, Because GMs do tend to make better GMs and coaches do tend to make better GMs and coaches than fans do. Fans tend to make good fans. Um, I don't know. I see. I, I seen media I, people I, make good media people. I've seen a lot of people playing GM on, on Twitter. They got some. I don't know. We might have put them in the front office. They might have some. Good ideas. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But nah, yo. So we'll, we'll see. I mean, the Dolphins again. They they've uh, aggressively attacked a lot of needs early on. I mean, Chris Greer. He said we're gonna have some money to spend. They made some money. They made some money appear, and they they're spending it right now. So, <laughs> yeah. so there's a lot. There's a lot of excitement with Dolphins fans. They 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 making it rain. You know, they say uh, Stephen Ross. He's not afraid to cut a check. And yeah, they, they've been cutting some checks these past couple of days. So uh, we'll see what they do. They it's what they feel. You came out of a briefcase. I know they just hey, they back back in the bridge. That's what they're doing. Is it a pillowcase? <laughs> Whatever it is, in a duffel bag, they bringing it. They bringing the money somewhere, and they these players are taking it. But um. Nah, definitely the Dolphins definitely making some aggressive moves lately. I mean, really the past year, whether it's getting Tyreek Kill, getting yeah. Bradley Chubb, now getting Jalen Ramsey, now they top it off with what we think are some nice value additions um across the roster. We'll see what they do the next couple of days again. And, I'll go go ahead. And and to to you know, but this is the Dolphins history. Look, look, even you know, under Stephen Ross. I don't know like this just, though. I don't know no, like no, this. No, I mean no, they did this under Stephen Ross. Wayne has they went after if they they didn't sit back, sit back all those years and like not target guys and not you know not this try to different. this feels different though this is different and no no it does feel it does feel different because there's but, a level of competency and like a legit <laughs> level there's of there it. With this team there right it now. is it's yeah. it's not whether they've been willing to spend the money or not it's been how it's still work hard or work smart spend spend you know spend or spend smart and that's that's the difference yeah is you know i mean they went out and they got mike wallace brandon marshall um Brent you grimes know, and, you know you know you know you know they they listened to the doctors and chose dante culpepper over drew Brees. uh but either one they were willing to pay, pay the money you know they were willing to go after it and um you know they chose the wrong one it didn't work out but they were willing to go for it i mean they bill parcells didn't come in come cheap you know, it, it was whatever, you know, it's historically what, you know, what, it, what, do, what do they think it takes? What does the football trust, you know, what, what is the football, you know, what do the football minds think it takes? And the owner's been willing to pay and the owner's been willing to say, okay, let's, let's do it. It's, but now they're actually getting it, seem to be getting it right. Um, they got it right with Tyreek Hill. It looks sure, sure as heck looks like it. I mean, yeah. they got it right with Jalen Waddle. They just needed, you know, they needed somebody else to get, you know, a system that, you know, 
really brought the best his out skills, of that skill set. His skills, yeah. right, worked best in. And they got they got that. They got the right coach they, who brought in that system. And yeah. then he then he blossomed. And he put, especially when you put Tyree Hill on the other side. And now, you know, you got some combustibility. And, you know, it works with what Tua does best. So, yeah, you're you, this is this is spending smart. This is, you know, putting everything together. It's not that they haven't been willing to do it. It's that, as you said, there's a level of competency. They're doing it properly. They are, it seems to me, they're, it, or it seems to you, they're bringing in pieces that fit what their, you know, their coaches do and, or bringing in a coach that fits what the players who are here, you know, brings in a system that fits what the players who are here do. So, yeah, um, you know, and now let's see how it all fits together because it looks like it should, you know. Yeah, I mean, again, it just feels different. I mean, you got people talking Super Bowl. I mean, hey, got to win a playoff game for, first before that. <laughs> but, you got, but you got people talking about AFC contention, you, you legitimate yeah. contention. Like, I, that's, I mean, that's that, that's it, not it, something it, that you've, you've heard around South Florida with the Miami Dolphins for, for some time. And, so. and it's, re- it's real. It, it is real. Yeah, it and feels it, legit. It, it feels it's, legit. It's real. And also, well, you know, for a long time, we didn't hear it because, you know, we had, the, you know, you had Tom Brady and, you know, Bill Belichick up there and you knew you weren't getting past them unless, you know, one of them got taken out like one of them did that one year. Um, so, you know, but now, you know, it, good as Josh Allen is. The balance the, of power is shifting. I mean, they lost Tremaine the Edmonds. Yeah. I mean, the Dolphins played them very hard three times, including without Tua. You add Jalen right. Rams, you add David Long, you lose a key defender on the Bills. If you can get Tua healthy and plan to that level that he played in October and November, you know, it it just feels a little bit different. But again, the Dolphins have won the offseason many a times, only to fall short in the game. And, you know, what's, what's going to be interesting also is see what happens with the Jets. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we all. I think we're all on, uh, on, uh, you know, AR twelve watch. We got. We yeah, got that, that's gonna, that's gonna be real interesting because that that defense is the truth, but uh, you know that offense, you know that offense is a big lie. And yeah, uh, I mean, it, so, it, it, it can get serious if they forget it. Yeah, I mean, they, they bring been, they bring they bring in his crew over to New York, so I mean, it might, right, they, might that, they might tell you something. He, right, might tell exactly. you something. And it's not going to be telling them something good. <laughs> no, nah, we'll um, see. We'll see. I mean, the FCS so, could be uh, that, that could be that could be serious. I mean, right. That's, that's going to be prime time, nighttime games every week in the right. East if the Aaron Rodgers comes over here. That that becomes very you know becomes very tough. Becomes no gimmies. and uh, yeah. So you know, and suddenly the Patriots are sitting there going, "Yeah, I don't even know what that oh, is. man." <laughs> yeah, um, so yeah, this. Yeah, that you know, this can all this this all looks good for the Dolphins. I think I think they've made you know very good moves. Resigning, I really did like the resigning of the running backs because I li- I like I like Mostert and Wilson. They're not they're not flashy. They're not the big name guys, but they they just get it done. Like they, they get it done, and they yeah. they're fat. They're fast. They're they're good, good size. They good, run hard. Very good they, speed. Yeah, yeah, run hard, and they they make runs that like you know get you you know get you going as, as I mean you can go in as a fan. How can you not get going as a player? Yeah, you're like you're like, ooh, you know, you know, whereas you know, you 
somebody hits the hole, you you know, you somebody bounces off and you keeps going or you outspeed somebody the the edge and you know you get you break off nine yards, ten yards, you know, and you know I you know I like what I see out of them. So and and again they know the system. There's no adjustments and everything. Yeah, let's move forward. Now that I think that was good instead of you know. Are, are Dalvin Cook and Derrick Henry better empirically? Yeah, in in a vacuum, well, yes. But in this system, in this system, what they're asked to do, like where are you getting the most value? I think again, two value. year deals, couple million right. dollars. I think you're, you're right. gonna get a lot of value out of those guys in year two of this right. system. So uh, the right. Dolphins, they're they're making what seems like all the right moves on the paper. They're they're definitely putting a squad together, and so, it's gonna be interesting to see what they do um, when free agency officially opens 4 p.m. Wednesday. They can really announce these moves, and you know this is where it's really gonna get going. Um, so all is good in South Florida in this, for the second straight offseason this year. This is, yeah, this is so we can make a lot of big moves and so. moves that make sense. Uh, you know, everyone's loving what the Dolphins are doing. So we'll see what they have in store the rest of the week. Uh, that brings us to the end of another edition of the Dolphins in Depth Podcast. I want to thank you guys as always for tuning in. Um, as always, subscribe to Miami Herald YouTube page, like, share, comment. Um, so that's the Miami Herald. You've been posting mm-hmm. uh, stories all day as the moves have been coming. Um, continue to check out our blog. That's, you know, Barry and I updating it um, throughout the day with not only moves that are happening uh, across uh, or with the Dolphins, but across the NFL, whether it be with Aaron Rodgers potentially coming to the Jets, but other moves that may be impacting the Dolphins. Definitely just continue to keep that up on your laptop, your phone and check it out. Um, we'll be back next week. Uh, to recap, you know, the full week of free agency again? the Dolphins are making. Again, the uh, all the moves that the Dolphins man, man, are making. Dude, it's spring break, man. I mean, High I, school I, spring break. I was about to say, I'm, I, I got a kid, I ain't been in school in a minute. I don't know, I don't know what spring break is, man. I got, got a kid, work. okay? <laughs> Sorry, I ain't been in school for longer than you. We got to work around here. Dude, oh, please. But we'll be back next week to recap another week of Dolphins football and moves and free agency. Um, You guys enjoy the rest of the week, and we'll see you then. (laughs) Take care. Bye.